1: Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. I'm kind of pumped up for this game. You know, Mike, casually, well, they'll win by 10. I had a dream last night. Chiefs by 10. I I mean, like, wow, really? They're going to
2: win this game by 10? David Haw. I don't think it will be a blowout. I think Chiefs by 10 sounded really, really bold. I, I think that's more of a dream than reality.
1: The impossible dream It's great.
2: And that was Mike Florio's dream. Um close game does favor the chiefs i don't think it favors the 49ers that's why i do think it will be close and i do think it it's hard to envision betting against patrick mahomes
1: start your mornings with mullion haw 5.30 till 10 a.m on 670 the score i'm not done yet in terms of making the pick i'm taking every waking moment i'm gonna
2: you're gonna uh, wait yeah friday 6 40 yes one yeah. yes yeah. yeah yeah let's go
1: Finally, finally, the big game is upon us. It will be Sunday. It will be tons of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I do have a pick. I didn't wait to the last second. I just had a moment of clarity, David, and, um, oh, hold on a second. That's, that's, I'm getting a call from AK. He wants to make a deal. Oh, no. No. (laughs) Good morning,
2: Molly. Happy Friday. We made it to Friday. It's good to be back. And let me be the first to wish you a happy birthday on this Friday, February 9th. We're going to celebrate it for the next four and a half hours. I thought we had agreed that we don't celebrate birthdays. At we a certain we, point. I we mark. We, had, we mark them. We we acknowledge them. We don't have to have a party. We don't. We're not having, wow. you know, a cake sent. Mitch is out of town, so he's you know going oh. to be, not bringing in coffee or anything like that. I, to celebrate. I, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, anyway, I happy, thought. Yeah, thanks, man. But happy birthday. please, yeah. let's let it go with that,
1: and uh, and we'll never mention it again. Okay. It's just, I'm at an age where it's no longer like happy when you have a birthday you see what i'm saying
2: it's kind of tough though if you ignore it you get you feel bad if you acknowledge it you feel bad so i don't know which is worse as
1: as long as you don't say it out in the air i think we'll be okay <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> all right well, we'll i move knew i should have taken today off i knew i knew when i woke up i should have just rolled over i don't know what i was thinking
2: i had that feeling too but i said i had the last couple of days off so i better get to work Well, the Bulls
1: did nothing. Um, I guess they looked at some stuff. It was fun to read KC last night with uh, a couple ideas that were floating around. But ultimately, you don't get credit for contemplating a move, right?
2: We only give you credit
1: if you actually pull one off.
2: I think it was disappointing but not surprising. Uh, You you hear AK talk and – you're I'm amazed at how early on we were led to believe that this was going to be an aggressive approach to changing the roster. And it was early on, but they haven't made a trade since August, 2021. That's a remarkable statistic for a executive in a major market running a team. I don't know how you get away with that, but they do. And, um, there, there's a difference in terms of being competitive and mediocre, um, that's open for interpretation. But were you surprised, Molly? Because I wasn't necessarily surprised, but it was disappointing. Well, I, I knew
1: they weren't going to make a move. I mean, I, I suspected they wouldn't make a move. But it it around this time yesterday, I wanted them to trade anyone, trade anything. Just Just let us know that you're watching what we're watching and – that you got some ideas about it. That's all. I, I right. was desperate for them to do anything, something. And, and I, I get how dumb that idea is, but just let me know you got a pulse. Um, I'm, I'm not as big a believer in, um, in, in what they're doing as they clearly are. And they're competitive. How many times did the man say the word
2: "competitive" or a version thereof? It was that. It was a buzzword of the day. It was. Holy cow! I, I, oh, I think he's wow. the perfect Jerry Reinsdorf executive, though, because you know, embracing the status quo in, in the Bulls context is look—they lead the league in attendance, and there's not any fear of of fans not coming to the United Center. There really isn't. Oh, yeah. and, and 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 because of that, I think that whether it's be they feel an obligation or they don't feel the pressure or the urgency, but they put a competitive team on the court every night. And there's that word again, competitive. You can say mediocre some nights. The Bulls are just as likely to dazzle you one night, demoralize you the next. And and that's the ups and downs of this season. So I, I, I think that you look around the league, Molly, and there's a reasonable expectation that you're going to have some movement. You're going to have some change for the sake of change. You see it all over the NBA, except mm. in Chicago.
1: Well, and I think the other element is it, of it is I'm watching like every basketball expert you've ever heard of, and I'm combing over everything, and there's sort of this this understanding and agreement that – the do-nothing Bulls kind of lost the trade deadline, right? I mean, <laughs> that's the way people are looking at it nationally. By doing nothing, you don't improve, and uh, very difficult to sort of pretend like things are fine when, you know,
2: what?
1: What What are you looking at here? Just move on your way. It, it's just rough, I think.
2: It's very rough, especially because – in in this city we have been eyeing this trade deadline since november when zach levine very publicly asked to be moved so that kind of started the clock ticking louder in chicago he got hurt you didn't think you were going to be able to move him there was no market that developed but still you figured that there would be some type of some type of minor move and plus here here's the i don't want to call it negligence or malpractice or be that critical but i do i do wonder exactly what the offer was for Alex Caruso and I don't understand if you were able to get two first round draft picks as Adrian Wojnarowski suggested in a report for Alex Caruso I don't know why you wouldn't do that deal Molly I I don't know why you wouldn't look ahead yeah it it doesn't
1: make much sense frankly and I I just think that's kind of where we're at with uh with the Bulls right now and yeah they won last night you know uh and and they're very competitive. They're only two games below five hundred, which I I guess from AK's standpoint, wow, you know, we were so dead and buried at four and fifteen that we're mm-hmm. back and we're competitive and we're gonna squeeze into the playoffs. I I don't know how I feel about that, frankly. I don't well, I, I don't know I, if I, that it's does understandable. Much for me. I don't know yeah. that
2: it does much for many Bulls fans, but but I think what it does for, for people who believe in what they're doing and the direction they're headed, here's what they look to. Well, they are where they are in the standings. They're going to get into the play-in round and maybe get to the first-round series, and that'll be fun. And look, at any given night, like we saw against the Timberwolves, they can beat the best team in the Western conference, if they put it all together, even without Zach, because Kobe can get hot. And, and, you know, you can rationalize and justify yourself to being mediocre. And that's how you stay in NBA purgatory. You stay there a long time by not necessarily grasping the obvious.
1: Well, I mean, you know, the, the, um, the paying of the Piper is probably inevitable. The, um, the off-season moves, you're not going to get beyond that, right? Zach Levine is having – he had his surgery apparently, and he'll be rehabbing, and then at some point you're going to move on from him. So that's going to end right. up being some kind of a priority. But at this point, really, it's just – it was just a difficult cool. thing to see. Not surprising, and I think we knew going in I, – I wanted to make sure I wasn't – Setting myself up to fail, so to speak, by believing that they were ready to make moves that they weren't. So when nothing happened, it was it was more kind of a okay. Well, we kind of we should have known that. We should have been uh, uh, able to figure that one
2: out. I don't know why that was uh, difficult for us. Right? You, you, you know what the I don't want to say most alarming thing, but the thing that stands out to me is that I, I wonder big picture about how the standards have lowered or if they have lowered. Because I think when AK referenced yesterday before they got here, he referenced the five years without getting to the playoffs. And now he's basically saying, you know, they're gonna get they're, they're gonna get to the playoffs this season. That is the goal. At some point in time I, I think that you're gonna have to elevate the standards. You're gonna have to think bigger and bolder. And I think when you go into a trade deadline and you are maybe contented with the idea of making the postseason, you're going to be probably l- limited in your ambition, right? You're, you're, you're yes. putting the standards a little bit lower, just one notch lower, so you're going to be more reluctant to make a move that might be better and bolder for the long term, but it's going to allow you to be competitive in the in the, in the present. So I think that's kind of what's driving this right now.
1: Uh, and that's fair. I, I, I don't think that's uh... – a bad way of looking at the whole thing. I, You know, we're going to parse his words and we're going to read in the different things. They didn't do anything. To me, it's their actions that they're telling you something, right? They're, they're like beating you over the head with a certain idea that, nah, this isn't it. This is not, you know, much as you may believe this is something that has to happen, we can hold on here and we can still be competitive and look at where we've been. We've improved the team, so we still believe that we're a part of it. He, he even mentioned that, they, that uh, after Zach's injury. So, in other words, like, mm-hmm. his surgery is meaningless, right? Because that's when they started to get better.
2: <laughs> well, he also referenced Kobe White playing out of his mind, and yeah, I think yeah. that – You know, the way that he has emerged has forced them to reevaluate maybe how they're going to approach this season. If Kobe White hadn't emerged and they hadn't played better without Zach, maybe they would have been more active. But I think they have convinced themselves that the definition of success in 2023-2024 is sneaking into the postseason, making a little noise, and trying to do what the Miami Heat did. And I, I, listen, I'm just trying to explain and understand this. I am not endorsing right, this right, because right, I think right. when you look at last year, the Heat were within three minutes of elimination against the Bulls, and the Bulls blew that opportunity to eliminate the Heat. The Heat took advantage of that, and they ended up in the NBA Finals. That's not what this, where this Bulls team is headed, but I think that they may be believing that they're capable of bigger things than maybe we think they're capable of, of accomplishing.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I get it. I, I do understand. I'm tired of it. I, I'm just tired <laughs> of whatever the reason. It's three years running. It's three years running. It's it, you know, well, you kind of get to a point where you nod your head and oh yeah, okay. See, you maybe you make eye contact and nod your head, and and, I, and he's like this guy agrees, but you're just kind of like no, I, I'm just acknowledging everything you said every year. You've said it.
2: I'm astounded, okay, and, and, this, and this is why. Uh, not necessarily at, uh, you know, the, the leaning into the mediocrity, the embracing of the status quo. This is what astounds me. In this day and age where we are an instant gratification society, we are impulsive right. to a fault. Arturis Karnaschovas has not made a trade in two and a half years. How is that possible? How do you not just look at your bench and try to like, oh, I want that guy. I'm, I'm enamored with this guy. I want to trade for this one. How do you not make a deal when you have? It's your job to make deals. It's, in, it's incredible discipline. And I don't know if it's discipline or if it's negligence. I'm deciding which, which way I'm leaning because, Molly, I don't understand a sports executive in a major market not making a trade in nearly three years.
1: Yeah, it's real weird, and they've got. They've got some deals they could have done The, the problem you have is at some point you're going to have to rework this thing and in this idea of just putting it, kicking a can down the road, putting it off, let's see what happened um it, it you' you're basically counting on miracles, right you're like <laughs> you're praying for things to occur differently than they've been occurring all along well wh- why would they? And I get it. You know, he's right about a uh, about Kobe. He's been real good, and it's been great to see. It's, I'm telling you, there there is just a sort of maybe he's maybe he'll end up being right. But I, so, are you telling me that trying to get into the play-in is the goal of this season? Maybe we can squeeze into the playoffs.
2: Yes, Th- that's all yes. it is. That's right? Become, that's, that's become the goal. That's, that's become that's it. Yeah, that's all. Meanwhile, you go see teams like championship contenders, like the Bucks, going out and making deals. Yes. They, they, not, not to mention that they, they made the big move with the coach, which hasn't worked out so well so far, but it will. And then they go out and they get P-Bev. They get a guy that changes right. their dynamic because they feel like that's the way they're going to get over the top. Patrick Beverly in the first meeting with Dame Lillard, I would love if they could televise that because that would be <laughs> so much fun to see. I I think that you know
1: for me the Knicks got better. The yeah. Knicks the Knicks got aggressive. The Knicks understand that they're yeah and I don't know if they are, but they there is an opening in the in the Eastern Conference there's a chance to make a move and they made a move. Yep. And, and that's really all you want from your team, right? You want someone to but, – but I think with the Bulls, whatever move they would have made would have been in their mind a step back. Never mind that they really need a step back. It's, it's just part of – the, the mentality of this has gotten to a point because you've given up so much that there's nothing you can do now and you're just trying to get through it. It's pretty rough
2: before we get off the bulls topic for a second yeah. maybe we'll get back to this later do you think that there's the obligation that maybe AK feels to a fan base that has been very loyal and is makes the bulls number one in the attendance do you think that obligation to put out a product that isn't bottoming out that remains competitive in his mind factored into the decision- making at the trade deadline
1: it had to it, it had to right I mean he he's unwilling to to, to make a deal that he views would be a negative. It would right. not be moving them forward. So he's not willing. He, there's, he's not willing to take a step back to take a step forward. He's and, not, and, and he's just not willing to do it. And where the rest of us see a team kind of locked in mediocrity, he sees a team that's two games out after starting whatever five and fourteen. That's kind of the way he's looking at it. It's pretty wild. we got to get to the Super Bowl, though, because, I I mean, David, um, when the Cleveland Browns win that game, it's good. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. I watched the NFL uh, honors last night. Holy God. Have you ever seen a more more recognized and celebrated team than the Cleveland Browns? I was
2: waiting for the dog pound to start going, because I thought it was in Cleveland. How do you get – all those awards for a team that isn't at the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously they had a great year. Great year. Uh, they overachieved, perhaps, but sure. Coach of the year, comeback of player the
1: year. of the year, defensive co- uh, coordinator, assistant coach of the year. I mean, uh, yeah, comeback player of the year, the quarterback. Uh, and I'm not arguing Miles Garrett. That guy is always a player of the year. But it was a lot of awards. For a team that was nowhere near where they needed to be, but God bless them. I, I'm We're not so arguing. Good about Cleveland. Them. <laughs> yeah, Joe Keem
2: was not excited. They got a lot of awards. How is Dan Campbell not the NFL Coach of the Year? I mean, I, 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 he had the same to, quarterback all year. Due respect to Kevin Stefanski. I know he did a lot of things uh, miraculously, if you want to say that, but. Dan Campbell was the coach of the year the the story of the year in the NFC I, I if you're gonna give Jim Schwartz the assistant coach of the year don't you have to give somebody else the head coach of the, it just it seemed very strange although that was a very entertaining NFL honors uh, yes it
1: was great and uh, by the way Christian McCaffrey won an award and he's in the Super Bowl so that's good
2: <laughs> he did. <laughs> And he, I'm sure he looks fantastic in his flag and anthem. It was what, an, what a night. What a night for the NFL. What a night for the Bears organization. Three Bears going yes. into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, news great. that we expected, but news still great to celebrate once it is official. Steve McMichael, Devin Hester, and Julius Peppers.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, a, a lot of fun. We watched uh, those careers unfold in front of us and – um, I, I'm very. I, I would have to say that the Mongo thing is probably the greatest bet, just because yeah. of the circumstances and the illness and where he's at. It was it was really moving.
2: There aren't going to be any more uh, announcements more emotional and mean anything more to an inductee than what last night meant to Steve McMichael and his family. And you're just no, grateful no, no. that it's, it's able to happen now. And he can appreciate it, and um, he's going to get his rightful place in the NFL uh, immortality. It's great.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really wonderful, and, and that was great. And uh, and we got a game on Sunday, oh, yeah. which will be one of the uh, one of the fun ones. I, I uh, we'll get to our picks in a little bit, but I got to tell you, the more I was like kind of contemplating this game and going back and forth over it, I think this has a chance to be a really good football game.
2: You you made your mind up?
1: I oh, I made my mind up, but okay. I think it has I think it has a chance to be a seriously good game. I do too.
2: Yeah, I do too. I think it's going to be uh, closer. There's some Super Bowls you go in you expect it to be like either a blowout or one sided right. or whatever or whatever the case is. This one not so much because you know you can look at yeah the 49ers have the depth, they have the talent, they have the better roster. But then you look at the chiefs and they have the experience. They have the, the, the uh, historically good quarterback and they have the historically good coach. So I think that right. uh, that's difficult to overlook. So it's going to be, I believe you're right. A great game. That's going to come down to the final drive.
1: I hope so. I, I hope it goes like that. Cause I really do enjoy when, uh, when there's a little bit of drama to it. Um, but I, I, the fact that the football season is ending is also kind of in the back of my head. You know oh. what I mean? Like I'd like to, I'd like to kind of restart things about midway through the year, if we could.
2: Yeah, I think I'd be fine. I'd be fine be with fine? that. Yeah, it'd be fine. Especially after Should yesterday. Do over. Yeah. Well, it, yesterday it was kind of uh, the it was kind of deflating when you're sitting there listening to Arturis Karnashov explain the final 30 games of the Bulls season and what he is looking for, it sounded very much like last year's trade deadline press conference, which sounded very much like the year before's. And then you realize, as you look at the calendar, there's no more football after Sunday. What are we going to do, watch the Bulls? Oh, no, wait, we'll watch the Hawks. No, we won't watch the Hawks. What are we going to watch? When do pitchers and catchers report? Oh, wait, the Cubs haven't signed anybody. Okay, what now? What now? You know, I I was talking to a friend of mine
1: about the Bellinger thing, and, and I was like, oh, God. Whatever they do, make it next week. If they're really going to sign, he he said something like, uh, "Hey, do you think they'll sign him? Will they sign him today? Get that done. Going into camp, I'm like, I don't know if they're going to sign him, but today's not the day. Let's uh, <laughs> let's not do a Friday news dump against the Super Bowl for that kind of a, uh, that kind of news. Let's let's get into that more next week. When the calendar would could use a Bellinger signing to, I would take it it and I would
2: exercise as much news judgment as we want to put the Super Bowl first. If they want to sign, if they want to sign Cody Bellinger before breakfast, I think that would be fine with me. Just do something. I'm starting to worry. I'm starting to worry as we get closer to the reporting day and the reports start coming up. They're not going to go to a certain limit and a certain threshold. I wonder how much is posturing, how much is real. But I'm starting to get a little concerned.
1: Take your time on that one, though. I mean, we don't need it before I, – I don't want hour two of our show to be the Bellinger right, Okay, yeah, I, okay,
2: I get that. Listen that's we, all I'm saying. Here's what we have on our side. We have the time zones. The, 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 yes. the Cubs aren't going to sign anybody in Arizona, and we assume that's where things will take place um, before, let's say, you know, 8 o'clock their time. We'll be off the yeah. air. We'll have okay. talked our Super Bowl. We'll be ready all to right. go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I am really looking forward to talking circles around the Super Bowl and uh, and getting into the bull stuff too. But I, I mean, the bull stuff. What do you say? I mean, what do you actually say about nothing? Uh, well, uh, are we going to contemplate what might have been? Are we going to pick apart? Well, look, they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. And then they didn't do anything, and then they didn't do anything. That's one, two, three years running.
2: Last night was almost a microcosm of what we're experiencing in in real time because – the Bulls were stagnant for about three quarters. Like, yep. what are you doing? And they show a little bit of a spark. They win right. a game. They build a little hope. And then you think, okay, we'll keep watching a little bit with one eye, but we're not going to be totally focused on them. That is the story of this season. That's been the story of this tenure. And this is going to go, you know, I think this is the running of the – I said it before. It's the running of the Bulls. No, this is the running in place of the Bulls. <laughs>
1: The standing of the Bulls. The standing of the uh, Bulls. <laughs> Ole! All right. We've got the pick six. We're going to pick apart all the stories of the day. We're going to get to our Super Bowl picks at some point or other here. It's very exciting. It's Mully and Haw reunited and talking sports on Chicago Sports Radio. Six, seven of the score.
0: Baseball is back
1: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks
0: used with permission.
1: It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now.
0: Can you believe it's been three straight trade deadlines that the Bears have declined to make a move? What are the Bulls seeing that many NBA analysts are missing? Are you buying what AK is selling that the competitiveness of this group will win out in the end?
1: No, no, do not believe what he is selling. I think it's fairly apparent to anyone paying a half bit of attention. That There's two things going on. One is they overvalue their own players. They, they, they don't want to they, – they really love the team they put together apparently and they don't want to let anyone go unless they're convinced that they're winning the deal. That's one thing. The other thing is, and, and I guess I want to be careful about how I say it, but it's very Reinsdorfian, if you will. To, to put together a team with the ability to kind of be an also-ran that you can kind of feel like people can get excited about. I mean, there's been moments of excitement within this season while an overall understanding that you just don't have enough to compete for a title. So, in other words, they are content – Being a play-in team, uh, relying on the competitiveness of their players to somehow fight and claw into a final playoff spot as if that is every year achievement. Like the goal here is not to win titles. The goal here is to crawl into the playoffs and if, if there were a lightning strike somehow and things fell the right way, you could be the the Miami Heat from last year. They they would prefer that to anything else.
0: That might be the blueprint that they're looking at. Molly, good point. They might be thinking we can be the Heat. Okay, great. We we can be the Heat. Um, it's amazing. N- not nothing. Not one. Not one single move. So what? You can get into the weak NBA play in tournament and then get your rear ends kicked in the first round. I mean, I just they can win a game in February, but you know they brought this team back. They're running this team back. You you would have thought that this is what the players wanted and then they slept walk again against a grizzly team that has nobody you guys talked about on the air yesterday. They were basically letting people into the game for free because there is zero star Value. They wanted people to buy nachos and Cokes and maybe a beer. They, 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 so let them in for free and spend a little money on dinner and snacks. I mean, this is, I, I, I don't get it. And, and, you know, quite frankly, AK, all good here? No, not exactly. Not exactly all good here.
2: Chapter one of the Reinsdorfian handbook starts with the, the, the premise, aim for the middle. The bulls don't aim for the top they aim for the middle this is how you keep your fan base kind of uh intrigued maybe interested certainly coming back to games you provide an entertaining product that you don't want to destroy you want to make watchable but not necessarily winnable uh they are as likely to dazzle you one night and demoralize you the next this is One of the remarkable streaks in sports to me is that Arturis Karnaschovas has not made a trade since August 2021. The last time he did so, Laurie Markkinen went from the Bulls to the Cavs. He's been traded since then. He's been traded since the Bulls have made a trade. So I think that's a remarkable streak. He talked yesterday about how everybody is injured and that's been preventing them from getting everything together. Look, that is the NBA. That is not the exception. It's kind of the rule. You've got to find ways to pivot around that. I think the Bulls are extremely frustrating to watch, to observe. It has to be something. You go to the United Center because it's a great atmosphere, but I don't know if you're you're really evaluating the product on the floor. If I were a Bulls fan, I would be seeing red, but not because the slogan says so. I'd be mad. I'd be mad that your team is content with standing still. Seriously, and this is a serious question.
0: That's the voice of Brad Biggs. We're going to get serious football talk at 7 o'clock. Biggs time. Also get his official pick of big game number 58. So last night we had the NFL Honors on CBS. Awesome to see three Bears going into the Hall of Fame. What was your reaction to the awards handed out last night?
2: Well, I think I had two reactions. One was local, one was national. First of all, you can't help but be – Just overall, please, for the Bears organization, but specifically Steve McMichael, I think the most underrated player on the most feared defense in NFL history. And then Devin Hester, my goodness, he changed the game. The most exciting Bears player since, what, Walter Payton, likely? And then Julius Peppers was only here for four seasons, and he did most of his damage with the Panthers and then later with the Packers. But he was a good Bear. All three of those guys deserve to be in Canton, and I was glad for all of them when they got the big news on Thursday night. As for the rest of the show, yeah, I think Lamar Jackson deserved to be the MVP. What is with the Cleveland Browns cleaning up? I mean, how does Joe Flacco be the comeback <laughs> player of the year? He was on his couch in September. I get all of that. I love the story. How is that not the DeMar Hamlin story? DeMar Hamlin being in shoulder pads this year is a remarkable tale that nobody else could match around the league. How does he not win the award? How do they not name him after him? I don't know. I felt like good for the Bears on a night that was special. The rest of the show was like, are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> yeah, way too Cleveland-y for me. Way, way too browns for me. I, I don't get that at all. I, I can make an argument against every one of those picks. Every one of those Browns picks. Now, I don't know if they get deep enough, if we find out, if we have access to um, how close these votes were. But I mean, I, I could I could think of two coaches. David mentioned one of them. I could think of three coaches that I could put ahead of Stefanski. I mean, okay, the special team, the the assistant of the year. Okay, fine. I, okay, fine. But you know, Miles Garrett, defensive player of the year. You know, when it mattered most, he was very pedestrian. When it mattered, when it mattered, when it mattered the most. V- wait, I mean, again, it, it, I made the argument yesterday when we we're talking about pl- comeback player of the year. You know how about Baker Mayfield? Like, you know, I mean, again, I mean, maybe the argument with Demar, you know, Hamlin is that oh, he was inactive a bunch of the yes. t- year, but still, I mean, the guy was the guy had to be resu- His life was on the, his right. life was in the balance. His life was in the balance, and then he went through an NFL training camp. It, it, it's the definition of the award. Good for good for Hester finally getting what he deserved. Good for McMichael. I don't really consider Julius Pepper a bear. I think he would loafed. For four years here.
2: Oh my god, <laughs> he was he was uh, great in 2010, man. Yeah,
1: I you know uh, that's all funny, and Dustin loves to go over the top. That one is just that's <laughs> that's Peyton at the goal line. That one, I mean, what? Uh, I I got a lot of time. I mean, Julius Peppers. I'll give you this. I don't really consider him a bear. I, I consider him more of a panther, and you know. He's more an NFL player he's an he's an entity outside of one team and uh, and, and you know while um, Steve McMichael ended up closing out his career in Green Bay, which is crazy when you think about that uh, i I think that I consider him a bear I consider him a part of that team and you know all of the the kind of glory that they had in eighty five and, you know, he's a he's a good guy, good guy for the organization. And, you know, given his where he's at right now, phenomenal. As far as the uh as far as the Cleveland thing is concerned, you gotta like you gotta pull the plug on either Flacco or Jeff Schwartz. At some point you can't give every award to a team I think Stefanski was phenomenal. I think the guy won with four different quarterbacks. I mean, he he had an extraordinary season as a coach. It was a really good year. But I – and Miles Garrett is the best player on defense in the NFL. He's a great player, and he deserves that. But, I mean, at some point, don't you realize that you're kind of piling on? And no. They didn't go anywhere. No, they're not playing this weekend. They weren't even. They weren't even an imposing figure uh, in the playoffs. So,
2: they traded. Yeah. They traded for Deshaun Watson. Shouldn't that count against them at well, some point? I,
1: fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Something should count against them. That one. You got to give me an easier question than yeah, that, dog guy.
0: All right, moving on. There's been just one storyline of Super Bowl week: the Niners. Moaning about their practice conditions. Do you anticipate something else popping up before the big game? Be it bizarre injury or someone melting down in Vegas? Public crap game, anyone? (laughs) Does a boring week set up an exciting game?
1: It's been business-like, I would say. Listen, there are great storylines in this game. There are wonderful storylines of, you know, of all the uh, – people with uh, with NFL connections in their background and how they got there. And then there's the the extraordinary, you know, great quarterback taking on the Brady reign and then the Mr. Irrelevant. There are phenomenal storylines, but the only real news has been that the Niners are peeved about their practice facility. And we've heard a lot of that. And in fact, they had to kind of stop that story. I think they were told to knock it off. So I get it. I understand why you'd get worked up and you'd and you'd you know be upset about that. But um, there's been no news. There's been no big uh, kind of is he in? Is he out? There's I mean, do we care if Kadarius Tony plays? He's okay. Wow, you know he could shock you with a punt return. I don't. If it were me, I wouldn't want a guy like that anywhere near the field. But that's, there's no real story lies about this. So I th- I'm hoping that the lack of break – and I'm not – listen, I don't want anyone doing a runner in Vegas just to make it – You know, we all know what Vegas is, and there is kind of an underbelly there that is not far from the surface, and if – if, If you have heard some of the horror stories of guys uh, getting uh, crazy before a Super Bowl, that's the place for it. But I don't feel like there's that kind of pressure cooker going on. I don't feel like there's anything like that going on. I think it's going to be – we've also seen these two teams recently in a Super Bowl. So I think it's a fairly calm uh, building to the storm, and I'm hoping it's a good game.
0: I, I, on paper, this is an awesome game. It, it, it's an awesome, awesome game that, that that we're. It seems like we've been waiting for something to happen. And for everybody that hates the Travis Kelsey um, story with his girlfriend Taylor Swift, if we didn't have that, what in the wide world of sports would these people be talking about? But I mean, you know, are we going to have a Stanley Wilson? Are, are we going to have a Eugene Robinson? Are we going to have a Barrett Robbins? If you don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> yeah, for some of the yeah. listeners out there, look look it up. Okay, Uh, Because in Vegas, any of those things are are definitely, definitely possible. Um, But this is a great matchup. We we need to be talking about when the Chiefs have the ball, what are the 49ers can do and vice versa. I mean, there there are – these are good matchups. There are great players on both sides of the ball. There are great coaches coaching in this game, not getting awards – on a stage in Vegas last night okay that's what we should be that's what we should be talking about but this week has been boring it, I mean nobody even went off on Radio Row right even when you get a bad storylines between the two teams somebody has some kind of meltdown or epic rant on Radio Row even that was pedestrian in the most least pedestrian place on earth Las Vegas
2: it's a great football matchup but Super Bowl week is rarely about football right? It's about action, about stories. It has been so quiet in Vegas. I half expect TMZ to announce layoffs by the end of the week. There's been nothing going on. (laughs) There's no gossip. So that's what you get when you get one team whose quarterback is a family man, the other team whose quarterback is a choir boy. These aren't going to be big headlines, salacious details, none of that stuff. Maybe I'll be wrong by kickoff Sunday. I also think it's a product of – Molly. you hit it – Two teams have been here before. If this were a team that was making its first Super Bowl appearance and caught lightning in a bottle and was maybe even the De- De- Detroit Lions. If the Tr- Detroit Lions were in Vegas, I think there would be a lot different, maybe build up, and maybe buzz and maybe some of these other things would be possible. But you're talking about two of the most buttoned-up franchises in the NFL and two coaches who aren't going to really tolerate any nonsense and two organizations that understand what it means to be a professional. All those things considered, the, the the Super Bowl could be in Vegas or Salt Lake City. It wouldn't matter. These teams are going to probably behave. And I think that's been a little bit of a disappointing for people expecting those big headlines. But I think from a football perspective, it, it keeps the focus where it should be. That's on the field where the matchup is going to be fantastic.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big question. When you consider that Patrick Mahomes boasts a 14-3 and record in the playoffs and the losses have come against Tom Brady not once but twice and uh, Mully's guy Joe Burrow, is it fair to wonder if Brock Purdy fits in the mode? Mahomes has already beaten Tua, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson in these playoffs. Where does Purdy fit among that group? Great question.
2: Right now he doesn't to me. I mean, I love the Brock Purdy story. I am not a Brock Purdy detractor. You know I love the rise from where he came, and everybody does. It's easy to get behind. But right now, let's face it, I mean, you talk about Tua and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, where does Purdy fit? He's as close to being compared to Rex Grossman as he is to Josh Allen. He's got a big day on Sunday. Big day. How are they going to attack him? This is the football question I want to know most. How is he going to handle the Blitz? He's very good against the Blitz. He has been in the postseason because he can run. He can make an impact. The Chiefs defense, they're best when blitzing. is going to come after Purdy. His legacy will be defined in how well he handles the pressure, not just internally, but on the field. And I think you can't really answer that question yet because that's how much he has riding on the outcome Sunday. He could be a guy that you put in that next elite class, or he could be a guy that you doubt and wonder how far he's going to fall. That's what's at stake for Brock Purdy on Sunday.
0: Well, the last question we talked about storylines and and topics and talking points of the week. And another one of the big topics has been system quarterback and game manager and yada, yada, yada. I can't believe I'm going to be here being the one sticking up for the 40. Shanahan's a really, really good coach. He's an excellent play caller. I would love to have Shanahan calling plays for the Bears. And your quarterback – needs to be able to execute your offense when you're as good at your job as Shanahan is. So, you know, he's a system quarterback that fits into the Kyle Shanahan system. And if that's so good, then Purdy's pretty good. There's been other quarterbacks that weren't able to do what Purdy has done. So this whole system, you know what, then he's the best quarterback for arguably the best system out there. And guess what else he is? He's cheap because he was Mr. Irrelevant. So that works for their roster construction. At some point, they'll have to make a decision on that as well. So you know, there's a lot riding on for him. But you know, I mean, where does he where does he fit amongst this group? I mean, yeah, he all the other guys you would rather have on another team. But I mean, honestly, would the MVP of the NFL work in Shanahan's offense? You think? I, I, I oh I'm my asking. God. I'm asking. I'm I'm, I'm answering. Okay. Emphatically yes. Okay. Yes, I'm asking.
1: Well, I, yes. I don't understand that question. I mean, you you're saying that Shanahan wants a quarterback who's not as good as the other guy because it's all about his scheme, not about the player. The better
2: the right, quarterback. he wants
0: he wants a guy. I believe since you asked, he wants a guy yeah. that he can kind of, for lack of a better term, right the second control. I'm the boss. Wow. You're the quarterback. Don't don't just do what I say. You see that armband that he's got. It's like it's not only an armband. it like flips up like a I even, it flips up like a menu like at a, at a big uh, you know the cheesecake factory. they got 10,000 items for dinner. He flips it up. It's like four-sided the wristband that Brock Purdy wears. He just does what he's told there is no like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I, I know more than you do. I'm going to let my athletic ability. Sometimes being a lesser athlete, I think, helps out in this situation.
1: Wow, okay. Well, he's now sorry he asked. Yeah, to answer this question. No, to answer this question, I would say I believe Patrick Mahomes much more likely to be back in the Super Bowl as a starting quarterback than Brock Purdy. I think the Brock Purdy thing is a pretty extraordinary story. And as Dustin is saying, I don't think I don't think Shanahan is uh, is trying to win without uh, a, a really good quarterback, but they did draft Trey Lance, right? And what did he have going for him? Well, they felt that he was kind of that blank slate that he had no coaching one way or the other, and they were going to use him to. They were going to create the ultimate player out of him. They they liked some of the things he could do. He's the guy that's supposed to be leading this team here. Right, they they drafted the guy. They moved up to get him very high in a draft. So it's pretty amazing that they got here with uh, Brock Purdy, and they and it's the how quickly he's fit into this system and gotten on the field for these guys is pretty extraordinary. But I would say that if you actually think about the quarterbacks that Mahomes has played and beaten. I'm not sure Purdy belongs in that group. Oh, my God, what a question. What a question.
0: That is the voice, Joe Fortenbaugh. Get out the pencil. You might need two pieces of paper. What individual is under the most pressure Sunday when the Chiefs and 49ers take that field out in Las Vegas for Super Bowl 58?
1: Uh, It's Kyle Shanahan by a mile. I mean, it's not even close. Kyle Shanahan is right now the best quarterback to not win a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan is a guy that is, uh, that you know, that's missing from his resume. You know, he's still a young man, and he can keep going for 20 years. But at some point, you got to wonder, hey, you know, this is how Dad did it. Dad knew how to win a Super Bowl title. I, I'm just saying from a pressure standpoint, he is so important to that offense and to that quarterback's brain that we just talked about and the fact is that he had a really bad loss as an assistant coach and and they didn't win the last time they were here so I I think that um that it's not even close in terms of of who has the most pressure on him it's the guy that is you know the the best at something but he's missing this big thing on his resume
0: I think it's Shanahan's quarterback. I think it's Brock Purdy. I think for some of the reasons that you mentioned, Mully, but he now has to go out and execute. He's got to do it. He's got to take the ball from the center. He's got to get the ball down the field. He's got to run when he should run. He's got to be careful with the ball. I'll get into that later as well. Um, you, I could make a slight argument that Patrick Mahomes has the most pressure because there's all this goat talk that that was another bit of a storyline as we try to create, you know what, yeah. when there's not much going on, you know, wh- where is he in the all time goat conversation? But if yawn. he loses, yawn. Okay. No, you're next. Just,
2: go ahead. No, I know. I'm sorry. I was yawning. Well, no,
1: key didn't you? He, I'm sorry. He Dustin saying that we're all trying to make chicken
2: salad here. I know. Dustin, though that so you think that Mahomes has a, has a little pressure on him.
0: If he wants to really be in that conversation, you can't lose on Sunday and, and be Tom Brady.
2: Fair enough. I think that's that's uh, true. Let's face it the guy the guy under the most pressure on Sunday, Taylor Swift's pilot. <laughs> I mean, if they don't get back, they don't get Swifty to the game. He's going to be in trouble. But on the field, Molly, I I understand what you're saying about Kyle Shanahan. He is the best coach not to win a Super Bowl. His dad does put just enormous pressure on him succeeding. But if he doesn't win Sunday, I think he'll be back. I yeah. think he's got another shot at it. Right. To me, to me, I agree with Dustin here. The once-in-a-lifetime moment, the way that you got to approach – Brock Purdy may never be back. It may right. never get this good again. He's got everything riding. He is in – uh, within 60 minutes of being compared – or keeping company with the elite quarterbacks in, in today's NFL of all-time history, uh, or being compared to guys who were passengers on a good Super Bowl team that lost, like Rex Grossman. And I think so, to me, I think that is that, is, that, that says is Brock Purdy's stakes are the highest. He's under the most scrutiny and pressure, and I do wonder if he can meet the moment.
0: Pick six. that's what we're doing here we are doing the pick six All right, so we're going to switch out of the uh, big game 58. We're going to move over to some baseball. New Cubs left-hander Shota Imanaga showed up at the Cubs camp out in Mesa already yesterday, impressing folks with a bullpen session that Justin Steele raved about on Twitter X, whatever you'd like to call it. It's early, even before pitchers and catchers report next week, but Imanaga's early arrival, any indication that maybe the adjustment period won't be that long?
2: That's the hope. He looks sharp. I I've enjoyed Justin Steele's admiration, talking about going on eBay and getting one of his cards. Imanaga needs to slide into that rotation. But, you know, I didn't expect the Cubs to have to win with pitching and defense. I still think they need some punch. I think they need some power. They report on Wednesday. I love all the Imanaga love, but I would love rather to see Cody Bellinger taking swings in Mesa. That is the next big story. That is the next big thing. When is it going to happen, Jed? When? When?
0: Well, part of the news also, obviously, is that Justin Steele's in Mesa, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. he, unless he was like on Zoom or Twitch yeah. watching him that way. So, I mean, the, I mean, that's the, the Cubs ace is already out in Mesa, Arizona, taking things seriously. We played some audio on the Fly the W podcast from Bruce's interview with uh, Carter Hawkins about Imanaga, and he really set the bar very low for him and, and kind of warned everybody about the transition coming from a foreign country, you know, new city, new teammates, language barrier, social differences. So I think, you know, he's been in Chicago since before Christmas. Now he's in Arizona. So he's obviously spending a lot of time around teammates and uh, support staff with the Cubs. So that that's all good news. If the Cubs are going to be a player, they are going to need a lot from Shota.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's fun. To hear these kinds of stories, I don't know that it is. Um, I don't know that it's something I would rely upon to get my information. I mean, and, and by the way, there's a lot of guys out there. D- doesn't doesn't Nico live in the clubhouse out there? I think he moved in. Um, I, I've seen tons of, of, I, I, of I think it's the photos room. of dudes that are out there and working out. Um, I'm sorry, David. What, what he saying? he lives in the weight room. <laughs> he lives in the. You always hear that kind of stuff. Um, let's see what happens when the games go, right? I mean, I, I, I like, believe me, um, Paul Bunyan, big figure in my childhood. Loved the whole idea. But, you know, usually that happens. that You got to see it happen before you start <laughs> imagining it. So here's hoping that we got a legend uh, growing uh, in, in uh, Mesa, Arizona. But I'll wait until I see a game or two. And uh and make my own conclusions about it. Um, I love guys showing up early and I love guys caring enough to to do stuff in the off season. So good good storyline. Good stuff. All right. Uh oh. We're gonna do it. The extra point is next. And, the, and we're gonna <laughs> finally Moses his go. mind up. Yep. We're going to do it, and we're going to have fun with it, and we're going to pick the Super Bowl next. It's Mully and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score.
2: Set up this extra point.
1: It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 the score.
0: All right, after, what, 18, 19, 20 weeks, we've been uh, counting down to get to this point. Who are you picking in Super Bowl? Swifty8. Have you struggled with the decision and why? What is also your favorite prop bet?
2: Prop bet. I got an email on Thursday from somewhere in Vegas who was inviting me to bet on whether or not Travis Kelsey would drop to one knee and propose after the game. And that was, you know, I could actually bet an offshore account and play some money. If I wanted to, I think it was plus 600 or I I, I forget the odds, but I didn't bet. I didn't take the bait. I do. I'd love the idea. And who would what football romantic wouldn't love the way that would end, but that would be my favorite prop bet off the field on the field. You know, I think it was interesting early on all the money going on Brock Purdy over rushing yards. It kind of says that he's going to be under duress. They're going to come after him. And he has made some plays with his feet on the field. This hasn't been a difficult one for me from since the beginning. Uh, I think watching the Chiefs persevere in the AFC Championship game, watching them persevere on the road in the playoffs convinced me that sometimes you just have to acknowledge greatness. And this is Patrick Mahomes' Jordan-esque phase of his career. And you have to appreciate the greatness that he creates. And that weighs heavier than having the better roster, having the deeper – defense, having the more weapons on the 49ers side, because they do. But I don't know that it's going to matter. I think that it's going to be a close game. It's going to go back and forth. They're going to come after Brock Purdy. He's going to make some good decisions. He's going to make some bad ones. He's going to throw the Chiefs the football, and this time they're going to catch it. And I think that will be the difference. Brock Purdy with a turnover against Steve Spagnuolo's defense because he's gotten away with some things in the playoffs that the Chiefs, I don't think, will let him get away with. And in the end, when it comes down to it, Patrick Mahomes with the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter will spell the difference. This is his Jordan-esque moment. This is his season. They will win. Chiefs kingdom will celebrate. Chiefs 31, 49ers 27.
0: All right. Uh, I am also going with the Chiefs. I've been on the Chiefs since the start. Uh, I don't need the two, but I will take the two. I've got the Chiefs winning this game 30-21. to My MVP, because of the price, is going to be Travis Kelsey, even though I know that wasn't asked, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. That's plus 1400 over at Circus Sports Illinois. I got a whole bunch of these. I've got a I've got a notebook, uh, and I'm hoping to get a match, guys. I'm hoping that one of my favorite ones matches up yeah. with either Costos or with Fortenbaugh, and um, th- that's what I'm really hoping for. But on on my Circus Sports Illinois app, I am actually going with a 49er for my favorite prop play, Kyle Youzcheck over four Five receiving yards he's number 44 in your program an 11 year fullback over four and a half yards receiving for the 49ers fullback mully mentioned earlier in the week about the first time he wasn't covering the game and watching the game with a large group of people at the mandalay bay in the sports book and people you know going nuts and yelling three minutes into the game and these are the kind of bets he was talking about okay so kyle you check getting a reception early on in the game and me cashing a ticket. You can thank me later. Over four and a half yards receiving. Download your Circus Sports Illinois app and put your uh, pizza money on Kyle check. Chiefs win 30-21. to 21.
1: Yeah, I mean, the move here is to definitely go Niners after you both picked the Chiefs. <laughs> and, and I mean, I'd be an idiot not to just take the Niners right now. I don't know what is preventing that. I think... Um, just talking to people uh, throughout the week, and, and Dave that made a strong case for uh, the 49ers. So I, I wouldn't feel bad if that's what I wound up with. The problem I have, here's my problem with the whole damn game, is that the um, the Niners, when they line up on first down with the fullback, with the tight end, and they play like kind of a power package, they're like the best team in the NFL at that. They are really good on first down running the football. And frankly, um, you know, you can use Christian McCaffrey more than you would normally in a game because it's the Super Bowl. You don't worry about who's back in a week. You um, I, I can run the hell out of that guy. Uh, use check, as you say, Dustin. That's the fullback. That wreaks havoc during the regular season. The Chiefs were 28th in the NFL uh, in in first down uh, rushing defense against that formation. So you got something that the Niners do really well, and um, and they um, they they uh, the Niners can do that against the team that doesn't defend it very well. And the problem I'm having it was the exact same case for the Ravens, and the Ravens ran the ball in that situation four times in the game. So now you're in the Super Bowl. Do you have – and and maybe, maybe Shanahan does. Do you have the ability to just line up and do that first down after first down after first down, or do you want to get cutesy? I know what the answer would be with the Chiefs. I know what the answer would be with Matt Nagy. And Andy Reid to an extent, but I I can't, as much as I want to say San Francisco, I can't get away from Mahomes. I can't get away from the question we had earlier about all the quarterbacks that he's beaten and where, who would you rather have running the Niners? The guys that have already fallen to Mahomes or this guy? It's just, it's, it's like, you know, you're talking about this phenomenal story. Can he beat? if not the GOAT, GOAT Part 2, right? It's just a hard thing to jump on. And I think the ability of the quarterback, the superstar status, I I mean, I know they played more games, but they've won more games, right, in the playoffs. Anyway, my my prop's going to be Pacheco uh, with over for uh, his rushing yards because if you look at what the Niners have done, I mean, they've allowed over 250 yards in two games. They're, they're giving up rushing yards like crazy. They are not following the way they play during the year. And frankly, if you watch that Lions game, they led the league in loafs on defense. So I, I can't sit here and tell you that the loafing defense that got through the NFC North is going to be able to beat a future Hall of Famer. And I'm going with Pacheco for rushing yards.
2: Mm, what's the score?
1: uh i I think I had twenty seven twenty four
2: hmm. chiefs That's good, so we nah. all pick the chiefs. You what I'm saying I mean like, obviously at, it's at, the wrong pick. We didn't compare notes. We didn't compare
1: no. picks. I mean, it's okay. But when when Dustin went Chiefs, I don't know if you heard me let
2: out. Yeah, a I did. I'm I'm like, think uh, I think everybody. Well, I you think
0: know, they, I've been on the chi- I've been on the Chiefs since I think before the season started, and I definitely I, once these playoffs were set, and the bracket went out. I was on the yeah. Chiefs from yeah. Jump Street.
2: But you know what? I it thought just this pains me. You did all that research into the fullback. I thought
0: you were going 49ers.
1: I know, and I was. You know. I was hey, yesterday. real quick, 40,
0: yeah. Chiefs minus 10.5, the uh, Mike Florio bet, plus 440 on Circus Sports Illinois.
1: Holy cow. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that would actually yeah. pay. It would. I'm not making that bet. No, me either. Although, I don't think so. I think it would be fairly close, but I just I can't get away from the quarterback, much as I might want, much as you guys might be begging me
2: to. I'm not begging you to do anything except for bet what you we're, think is going to happen. We're all on the Chiefs. It, it, it doesn't matter. It we've doesn't... ruined the show. My it, it's, th- it's not even seven o'clock and we've ruined the show. <laughs> Heck, we didn't have to wait till seven o'clock. We were at, we were heading in the wrong direction at five forty. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Right. Oh God. All right. Three one two
1: six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Hey, we, we got some fun going on. We'll uh, we'll let you know what we're going to do with our Super Bowl. We'll do that next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Super Bowl Swifty Eight. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. And, uh, yeah, we're getting ready for Swifty Eight, and she's getting ready for... Swifty Eight and David, we will be together the uh, uh, the early afternoon of the uh, uh, of the day at the uh, the circa big game party, um, and it's noon. not just you and me; it's High everyone. Yeah. Yes, it's everybody. It's all uh, seven of us. Are there seven of us? At are, least. Are there more? Yeah, that, there might be more. Uh, we're all going to be every, everybody on the air at this score is going to be at the big game party. This Sunday at Benchmark in Old Town. And uh, I, I got to tell you, I've been thinking about it. And if I'm like as committed as I think I am, I might have to start on Saturday and then just stay there and stay over until Sunday morning. You and, think so? At 1130, everyone yeah. will start showing up and I'll start fading. What do you think?
2: Well, I think that if you choose to do that this weekend, more power to you. I mean, this is. You want to you want to do that overnight? I think you back in the day, you back could in the handle day that yeah. it would
1: be done. Yeah, I could go like 3 days. Back
2: are in you the day. inviting me or are you telling me? I'm You're wondering like, oh, okay.
1: how you feel yeah. about it. it You've yeah. been out a little bit. I, mean, I know we could <laughs> we could tear it up if uh, we were so inclined. This, this might
2: not be the best week for me to be out overnight. Right. I don't just say it. Right.
1: Yeah, that's fair uh you gotta if you wanna go you're more than welcome. you've gotta have at least a hundred dollars in your circa sports Illinois app to attend the doors will open at noon it is uh uh it's a it's a great spot and we're gonna have uh all sorts of game day bites and live entertainment and you know I believe you can uh Im- in a libation if you're so inclined just go to CircaSports.com to sign up for the invite and more uh, info on it. There'll be seven of us with microphones on it, at least. That's dangerous. This well, be, I, I, that's going yeah, to How's that going to go? I think... I mean, if, if I can prepare in the yeah. fashion in which I was hoping i think we'll start singing rebel songs fairly early
2: really okay i don't <laughs> it's usually I, how it happens. i don't typically sing in public but i think that would be you know i'm, I'm gonna be just going <laughs> along you for the do ride. karaoke
1: Who you i know kidding? well
2: yeah <laughs> i could probably do that i don't know that karaoke on a sunday afternoon might work but
0: st- hey, whatever
2: well we will we will do whatever we feel is right it will go with the flow we're going to be vibing man speaks is going to be there it's gonna be cool vibes man <laughs> Come on, babe. We – you know, the Chiefs and the
1: 49ers are in the Super Bowl. So our plan, it will be on from noon to 3, and then the official uh, pregame coverage of the game begins at 3, Westwood 1's coverage. And then the kickoff of the games at 5.30, the Super Bowl can be heard exclusively in Chicago on 6.70, the score – uh, and go check out, get the free Odyssey app. And you can Did listen you live?
2: Yeah, that'd be great option for Sunday afternoon and evening. Did you catch any of the Usher press conference? In I Vegas? didn't, and you know how big I am on I know. Uh, musical press yeah. conferences. No. Yeah, you know he handled himself pretty well. He I, oh. his fashion choice was was interesting, as as you would expect. He's very smooth, as you understand and know. Yeah. yeah. I do wonder, though, in twenty years, is it going to be the the halftime show by Usher, or is this going to be the Taylor Swift Super Bowl? Because you wonder if he's going to be overshadowed by a spectator. You know, he's in residency currently
1: in Vegas, and he has this show that's fairly spectacular, including a portion of it where he is on roller skates. That is that that is not I'm not making that up. Apparently, he's a heck of a, a roller skater. So I think. I think because he's there in residency, because his show is created Mm -hmm. and he's taking it on the road, I think he's coming to Chicago uh, relatively soon, I think it's going to be pretty spectacular. I I, I think that all he's got to do is just trim down a couple numbers, and I'm sure the best of what he does will be on full display.
2: Is there a prop bet? Dustin maybe can check into this. Is there a Mm. prop bet where people can bet on whether or not Usher and Taylor Swift would appear on stage together by chance. They work this out somehow for one song. If you got her to sing
1: one of your songs and you really see, this is going to be a huge moneymaker for Usher. You're going to see, they're going to be downloads of his music like crazy after yeah. this thing. And uh, while the game is going on, frankly, that's what happens. The bump's going to be unbelievable. But if he could get her to perform one of his songs, then maybe there would be a pathway to that. But I don't think he should give up any of his valuable stage time. I wouldn't, but I just wonder. Just performing her songs.
2: Speculation know. is out there. Sources say.
1: Yeah. You never well, know. I I mean, she's she might be pretty tired if she's flying in from, uh, from uh, Japan. She's Taylor, but, but It's a private
2: jet. Sleep on w- a plane.
1: We got to get into it. Uh, I believe we're going to bring in our guy. We've given our picks. We're going to get one from our football guy from the Chicago Tribune, Mr. Brad Biggs. Biggs time next. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.